Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I am your host Lila Winston. I hope you are well and I pray that God is blessing in your life. As you know, we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can discover um, the purpose for our lives and also so that we can practically apply the Word of God in our everyday life in a practical way. And so today we are going to have a, a very interesting conversation that I think is really going to bless you. I know that uh, this study has blessed me. And so um, I think it provides some insight for us uh, because I don't know where you may be in your life, but I know a lot of things are going on in many different places in the world. And if you're a believer, then you know that there's a lot of uncertainty out there and maybe you're just, maybe there's lots going on and it's not just things that are, you know, happening, you know, in your world, in your city, but there are things that are going on in people's personal lives, like between family members and, and, you know, close relatives and things like that. So I think that, um, we need to hear some, you know, uh, some um, get some sort of understanding about that. So let's go ahead and jump into today's Bible study. Our anchor text today is going to be in Joshua chapter 11 verse 20. That's Joshua chapter 11 verse 20. It's not a long anchor text, so I'm going to get started. It says, For it was of the Lord to harden their heart, that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. So I think this is a really interesting scripture because there's so many parallels here in this specific scripture um, to what the Lord said to Moses when he was talking about hardening Pharaoh's heart. So I think we're seeing some very interesting uh, juxtaposition, and I want you to be able to see that in your life and understand the way that the Lord works sometimes in our lives. And so God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but he also hardened the other kings in Canaan who were set on war and violence so that he could destroy them in the face of Joshua. So our anchor text is actually set during a time when Moses has been gone for quite some time and Joshua is now the, the head guy in charge. And so he's leading the armies of the Most High God. And so the Lord is specifically telling him, I am hardening these kings because there are certain kings that were in the land. And so he said, I'm literally going to harden these kings' hearts so that they come against you. And I'm doing that specifically so that they will have no favor and that I can utterly destroy them. I think this is really powerful, you know, and I think we have to learn something from what is actually being said, because a lot of times I think the answer to some of the things that we don't understand in life are actually plainly written in the Bible if we, you know, look a little bit deeper. I wanna show you something else. In Exodus chapter 10, verse one, it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart, and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. That's Exodus chapter 10, verse 1. So not only was Pharaoh hardened, but also his servants. So that means the advice they were giving him when he got to, you know, when he sat around the table 
was, yeah, man, we need to go after these guys. We need to do whatever it takes. We need to provoke them. We need to, you know, find some way to uh, cause them to have rigorous, you know, have even more difficult and rigorous uh, slavery so that they put the yoke on them even tighter. You know, he hardened even his servants, uh, Pharaoh's servants' heart. So God isn't just hardening Pharaoh's heart. He's hardening the advisors and the the servants that are around him. So they're giving him this advice that says that's hard advice. And so don't always think that when people become provocative and hard, that it is always a bad thing. And I think that is the point that we need to draw from both of these scriptures, our anchor text in Joshua 11 and 20, and also uh, Exodus chapter 10, verse 1. A lot of times, you know, people are like, oh my God, I thought that, you know, maybe if Moses came and he told them, look, God is going to do this or that, that might make them a little bit softer. That might make them say, okay, wait, maybe we need to reconsider things. Maybe we won't be so hard, but it actually had the opposite effect. Okay. And that's not always a bad thing. God may be hardening someone so that they can fall so that he can break them. So even though you may be facing some difficult times and you might be wondering, well, I don't understand. I thought it was going to, I thought it was get lesser. I thought we would see less conflict and it becomes more. I thought maybe if I I did this or whatever, that I wouldn't have, you know, all of this. Well, think about what is happening here. God wants to destroy the presumptive ones who believe that they are better than God and all-powerful, who dictate to small people and tell people what to do. They think they're stronger than God, those without scruples that have no limit, who are brutal and warlike. God knows such men and such kingdoms must fall. And when you see a king or a man or anybody that is hardening, they're becoming less soft so that that person seeks more violence, more, you know, things, more, I guess, uh, conflicts against those that were at peace with him, understand that God has regime change plans too. So we have to understand that, you know, God could be doing a work here. And sometimes, you know, you think you're praying and you think, well, I thought I prayed that you would soften their heart, but the opposite thing occurred. You have to understand we don't see things from God's vantage point. And I don't want you to become confused, lose hope or dismay just because you thought it was going to go one way, but it went left. Okay. The Bible says the Lord lifts up one and puts down another in Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 26 to 27. It says, Thus saith the Lord, remove the diadem and take off the crown. They shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he he comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. See, mankind seeks to play God when we meddle or interfere in the lives of other people. And while God does give power to kings, he does not intend for them to dictate men's lives or even abuse it. He hears the cry of the oppressed. And that's one thing we learn about God. He's just very gentle. He's very kind. He's attentive to the weak people. Remember how we read how the Bible says to give honor to the weaker vessel? This is the God that we deal with. This is not the God that crushes weak people and weak things. This is the God that gives honor to the weak. 
So I want you to think about this when you read Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. Let's look at what it says here. It says, And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. So here you see these people, you know, they're in distress, and so they're crying out to God. But I want to note something here. This is Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. It's talking about how they are crying because of all of the bad things that are happening. But in that very next chapter, which is only a few verses away, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 3, that very next chapter, the flame and the burning bush appears to Moses in Exodus. So God turned to Moses. When they prayed, God then turned to Moses and God also hardened Pharaoh's heart. Don't be shocked when you ask for deliverance that the opponent becomes more aggressive and oppressive because often God has been long-suffering and patient with a wicked, wicked man. When God wants to destroy a man, he hardens his heart. Always remember that. That's why you want to always keep uh, an pliable heart with God. And this is why we must always heed the state of our own heart. I really encourage you, if you're a believer, to always Be cognizant of what's going on in your heart. And if you don't know today about how your heart feels or how your heart, you know, is processing things, then you need to take a moment. It says that in Psalms chapter 4, verse 4. You guys know I like to prove things in scripture, so let's go ahead and look. In Psalms chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. This is so very important for us as believers. It's important for everyone, really. But I mean, as believers, we have the ability to course correct, and that makes a huge difference. We have the power to course correct, and that's really what matters. God empowers us to do so. For others, it's not so easy. So sometimes deliverance comes first with the hardening of a heart. And that's why it's important to keep your heart pliable toward God. And like as with Joshua, when the kings hardened against Joshua, as we read in the scripture, when the king hardened against Joshua, God gave Joshua the okay to move forward. He told him, go destroy and wipe them out. Leave nothing behind. And it was a right in the sight of God. So maybe you're having difficulties at your job. Or maybe you have horrible in-laws, and even though you pray every day, it seems they're just getting worse. That's not always a bad thing. It might be just the thing God needs, hardening their heart to break them. Or it may be just the thing God needs for you to leave that abusive relationship or that traumatic lifestyle. When we pray, God begins two processes. The process to bring in the Savior, For, as you know, God saves to the utmost. God knows how to save. God knows how to keep those who belong to him and that he is a wonderful savior. So he brings the savior. And then he preps the adversary to be broken by his tools of deliverance. God may use you as he did with Joshua against the wicked kings of the land, or he may use a savior like Moses, declaring plagues and destruction straight from the hand of God. Remember, Moses was only a tool of deliverance for God. 
God would have gotten the victory with or without Moses if needed be. I think a lot of times we get sort of wrapped up on Moses and wrapped up on Joshua. And I'm not saying these were not great men who did wonderful things. But what I am saying is that when the time has come, when God feels the time has come for something, he has prepared a tool that he specifically wants to use to get it done. But make no mistakes, God could use anything and, and win the battle and win the victory, okay? Whatever in your life um, he could use to gain the victory, he doesn't need something special or powerful to do it. In fact, he chose a man with a speech impediment, okay? So don't feel like the things that he uses have to, has to be really like, you know, powerful and amazing. You know, the power was from God anyway. And when you pray, you access heaven. And the wicked one doesn't want us to pray because he knows when we do, things start moving even when we don't see it. And that's one thing that we can see. When the Hebrews started praying to God, crying out to God, saying, look, we're being oppressed, we're in pain, we're in trouble, you know, God heard them and he started moving. And even though they didn't see it, he had already started burning that bush. He had already started Moses to coming, and he had already started hardening Pharaoh's heart. It was all part of the plan. And so I want you to remember that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. It says, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth, you shall be, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's something going on between earth and heaven. We have now a conduit between earth and heaven. It's called the Holy Spirit. And we have access to that. We have access to the great God of the whole universe. And that means we can do things now here on earth. He empowers us with the power of heaven. I think that's just incredible. So God prepares the answer. In fact, one could say he looses that answer in heaven to us because these things in heaven, they're more real than what we see here on earth. When he hurt the Hebrews, he sent a burning bush into a man's life who was millions of miles away. And when the Hebrews prayed, God also hardened Pharaoh's heart. You see, the burning conflict in one man's backyard brought freedom to the people who lived thousands of miles away. Don't discount how the events of the world um, that God could be using to orchestrate and to accomplish his will. Trust in him and press on, even when it seems like, wow, I thought, you know, one thing, but it became another. I want you to keep pressing forward. See what will be next. Keep going because the story gets really good. When God saves, he saves in a big way. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you are encouraged and that you understand that just because something gets harder doesn't mean that it's getting worse. It could mean that your victory is just around the corner. Thanks so much for tuning in. God bless. Bye.